Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thanks. How are you, mate? Good, and welcome all to a chapter, no, it's not a chapter of my life, it's a game of my life, because I'm talking to Kenny Hibbett, the goal scorer of arguably one of the most iconic goals ever scored (laughs) in the history of association football, and I can't believe that Brian Howard Clough never sent you a crate of champagne for scoring that goal as they were on the on the way to uh, Terry Curran thinks it was uh, mainland Spain but I think it was Mallorca but uh, yeah. it doesn't really matter <laughs> how are you Ken are you okay I'm mate all, I'm all right have you yes I'm very well thank you so we're going to take a trip down memory lane yeah. we're going we're to revisit that game and see what memories of that game uh, you have yeah. Yeah. we're also going to be looking at periphery stuff as well what was Kenny Hibbett doing in 1976-77 season because that was the last game of the season on the 13th of May um Denise Williams was number one with three Rod Stewart was number two with I don't want to talk about it and I'll be honest I don't think Ian Greaves did either after the final <laughs> whistle did he and Starsky and Utch was the staple and Kojak and match of the day and Mike Yarwood etc there was a lot going on in the 70s, wasn't there, Kenny? <laughs> there was. I watched all them programmes, actually. <laughs> Brilliant one. What was your favourite, Ken? Oh, well, I did. Markham and Wise was always a, a laugh. I, I like to laugh. Yeah. Um, and Markham and Wise was always great. Uh, and But uh, over recent years, Only Fools and Horses took over that. Yeah. That label from me because they are they are just they were just amazing. But yeah, there was there were some great um, great shows on TV um, when I got the chance to to watch them. Um, having two children growing up, um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a, a great period. Uh, I got married in '73, so my kids, you know, was uh, very young when um, when '76 came along, and um, that that game that you talked about. Um, it, I, I, actually, it was on telly not long ago, and, and the commentator, I didn't realise what the commentator thought. When I ran over the ball oh, no. with Willie Carr on the free kick, he thought I, I'd touched it on purpose yep. so that he could move the, the defenders away from from the in the line of the ball. And Willie checked, stopped, and then he chipped it. Yeah. But what actually happened, which is, when I ran over it, I, I wasn't supposed to touch the ball. Uh, so it's easier to to chip a ball that's standing still or sitting still than it is for a ball that's rolling away from you. And Willie did a remarkable chip for for uh, you know the ball running away from him, and he chipped it in perfectly for me. But the commentator thought it was all set; it was a plan. Um, but the plan was I ran over it and he chipped it, but but the plan wasn't me touching it first, which he thought um, that was part of it, but it wasn't. But um, yeah, I got a full volley on it. And um, the keeper tried to 
get a, get a hand. He got a hand on it, and he, he trickled in the corner. And um, we did say half time actually, Gabby, that Bolton was trying to kick us off the ground, uh, uh, off the pitch, and and we thought right, and we all said right. If that's how bad they want it, because we was already promoted. Yes. If that's how bad they want it. Let's let's make it bloody tougher for them, you know. <laughs> so so we set about uh, defending, and then of course the goalkeeper went off injured, and Bobby Gould came on. And they started lobbing all these eyeballs into the box, and we 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 really had to battle and fight to to keep a clean sheet, which is what we did. And um, and then fortunately, um, unfortunately for Bolton, it, it, they 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 kept him down, and it put Nottingham Forest up. And um, going back to what you first said uh, early on about champagne, I I did say in an interview that uh, maybe Mr. Clough will send me a bottle of champagne now. Um, but apparently I heard that he said, listen, it wasn't his goal and it wasn't Wolves that got us up. You got yourselves up, which, which, which in a, in a way it was because he was, they were in a position to get promoted. But, um, yeah, I never expected to face, um, Ian Greaves again after that night, but, um, when he came to Wolves, he, he looked at me and Willie, <laughs> and we were, we were down the corridors by the train, by the changing room. He said, oh, you two. You, you were the pair that since, and, and we did it. We did a runner. <laughs> he realised that two of his players that he had at Wolves was was the two players that um, that kept Bolton down. Yeah, it, it was, was um, terrific. It was quite incredible, really, because you know, in 1972, Wolverhampton Wanderers got to the UEFA Cup final. Yes, against uh, Spurs, which was the first All English uh, European Cup final yes. in 1972 that year as well. You got in the way of Leeds United winning the double when you beat Leeds on the last game of the season at Molyneux. Right. The season before 76-77, you played against Liverpool when Queens Park Rangers finished the football season top of the pile took an early lead then I believe Liverpool beat you 3-1 and uh, gained the title and took the title from Queen's Park Rangers so last game uh, dramas were were par for the course for Wolverhampton Wanderers but this game it was a second division game because for some reason the the wheels come off Wolves truck because you yeah. were, me growing up as a kid, and you're right with that commentary, it would have been Gerald Sinstant, wouldn't it, in, from Granada? It Gerald Sinstant, yeah. yeah. It was Hugh Johns, wasn't it, with yeah, the ATV right. in our yeah. area? Yeah, that's so, right. So me growing up as a kid watching Star Soccer, it was always <laughs> like the Dugan Richards and Ibby and, yeah. you know, and, and then Birmingham with Bob Latch with Trevor Francis Villa with Andy Gray, Brian yeah. Little. And, you know, for, for Wolves to get relegated, that must have been a little bit of a culture shock for you. It was uh, something that we never dreamt would happen to us. Um, it was, it was um, yeah, it was tough at the time um, because we'd had so much influence on other results you know like you said with, with the Leeds game and the Liverpool game and I mean it was a fortress at Molyneux and nobody wanted to come to Molyneux and, uh, and try and get a result um, yeah it was it was it was a culture shock and um, fortunately um, Sammy Chung took over from Bill McGarry at the time and he kept the same squad you know in them days Gabby no player I mean now players if they get relegated yeah. from the Premier League they want to move on yeah not one player at Wolves wanted to move um, the club to get back into the first division with another club. They wanted to stay at Wolves, 
because the team spirit and the camaraderie we had there were second to none. And we said, we want to we wanna get back together. So we, we stuck together. Sammy took over and we, we walked the championship. We, we played uh, fantastically well in the second division. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a culture shock. Uh, I, I don't think we expected that when they picked the League Cup in 74, playing in semi-finals and UEFA Cup finals. Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a bit of a shock, and 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 don't ask me why or how it happened. I I couldn't put my finger on it, and I don't think anybody could at the time. It just just didn't happen for us uh, winning games, enough games to stay in the first division. But it was a culture shock when we got relegated. Where did Sammy Chung come from? Because I've he never heard Ipswich. of him. Yeah, yeah, he came from Ipswich. Yeah, he was a great coach, great lad. Uh, had great fun in in our training sessions. He he was one of us. Um, Bill McGarry was the opposite. He was hard and firm and uh, didn't hold back in any uh, anything he had to say. But but Sammy, he, he put your arm around you and 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 it was a good relationship actually. It was a good uh, partnership that they had. Uh, one was giving us a kick up the backside and the other one was putting your arm around you. And it was a nice medium that we had, and it, and it worked very well. I mean, we had such a good side though in the in the second division. Um, I mean, I think there were five of us in double figures scoring goals. Yeah. Um, that, we was we was too good for that league, that was sure. Um, I remember Chelsea coming to Molyneux actually that on that end of last season. That season, uh, we I think we had to get a draw to win the championship, and I think Chelsea needed a draw to get promoted. But if they beat us, I think they might have won the championship. Yeah. And uh, it ended up being 20 minutes to go. It was one each. I think Richie, John Richards got the equaliser and made it one each. And they, they thought, well, we don't want to, we want promotion. Let them have it. And um, so we got the championship. We just kept the ball. And, and it was like, um, I've never never faced anything like that or, or, or been involved in anything like that. But not, neither side wanted to concede. So we just passed the ball around. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. But... Um, yeah, it was it was a great season for all of us. We had a great midfield in Willie Carr and Stevie Daly himself, and we all scored double figures in goals. And you know, Richie up front uh, always led the line exceptionally well. Great player, great goal scorer. Andy um, came later. Um, it was another great striker we played with. But, uh, but yeah, in, in in that in that league in that season, we got promotion back to the first division. Uh, we were we were a very good side. How does that work, Em, when Chelsea are playing you, and you know what the dynamics are? Does something just happen on the pitch where the players just think, "Well, they ain't going to yeah. lay a glove on us, so we ain't going to lay a glove on them. Yeah, we're just yeah, going to well, see how time." What happens? Just well, captains call something. <laughs> no, no, he's just, you know, for some reason, it just yeah. happened. Yeah, and I heard, I heard one or two of their players said, "Keep the ball, keep the ball," and we thought, "Hmm, yeah, okay." They've accepted the fact that they're going to get promoted, but they're going to come second. Yeah. Um, so we were quite happy with that. We were champions, uh, and, and yeah, it was one of them. No, they didn't want to go forward, and, uh, and we didn't want to go forward. Um, so we just played around in midfield, and unfortunately, when the whistle went, we were champions, and uh, they got promoted as well. So it was yeah, one of them. I don't know. I don't know why it happened. It just happened. And in fact, my wife mentioned about it today, talking about it today, and um, she's that's the only time I ever saw two teams playing on the pitch that let you have the ball <laughs> so yeah it was good um, just just amazing stuff how players just work it out for themselves yeah. don't they yeah, that's you right know? and how many times do people say footballers are thick no they're not they're the most intelligent people <laughs> that's ever walked the planet let me tell you well, they're, letting, they're letting the brains in the feet don't they <laughs> <laughs> well some of them I'm not too sure whether the feet are another part of their anatomy <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, you also drew uh, with Chelsea 3-3 at, uh, at Stamford Bridge that season as well on the 11th of uh, December. Yeah, was that in, yeah, was that in the uh, where the pitch was full of sand? and? Um... It probably was because oh, in oh, those days, Stamford Bridge was a nightmare, wasn't it? Yeah, Eddie, oh, Eddie McCready was the manager, wasn't he? Yeah, Eddie uh, McCready, yeah. And then I think he left at the end of the season when they got promoted because yeah. uh, Ken Shalido wasn't far behind him. That, yeah. Again, with Wolves and with Chelsea, there was you know things going on behind the scenes. And, and Bill McGarry was the player's... Relieved to see Bill go, sad to see Bill go. How come Bill actually exited Wolves? Because, you know, he really did build a great team there at Wolverhampton Wanderers. And oh, yeah. never spent a lot of money, did he? No, no. I think the most he spent was uh, for Steve Kinden. I mean, he yeah. paid £100,000 for him. I think yeah. that was the maximum he paid. But he, when he took over from Ronnie Allen in 68, which was three days after I signed for him from Bradford, yeah. um, I didn't know much about Bill McGarry. Um we soon found out when he came in. He um, he came in the dressing room with all the lads and laid laid the foundations down. Said, "I'm the boss. You do what I say. I work. You work hard." And he walked out. Yeah. And uh, Dugan and Bailey and all the experienced players that we had at Wolves. I mean, we were just a, I was only a kid, mm. um, and and I hadn't played a first team game at the time. But uh, he came in and uh, he set his stall out. Um, a lot a lot of the players didn't like him, uh, but. They um, played, give hundred percent for him every every game, and he also introduced a lot of our youngsters into the side. What in the time that it was there, like uh, Alan Sunderland, Stevie Daly, myself, uh, John Richards, you know, he introduced Jeff Palmer. You know, there's loads of us. That he 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 got us through it. You mm-hmm. might not have liked him, but you had to respect him, and uh, he built a really good side. Uh, we got won the league cup in '74, as you know. Um, which was very unexpected at the time he came in, um, um, but got us into the UEFA Cup final uh, against Tottenham. I think if we'd have played into Milan, we'd have beat them because we'd beat all the foreign sides, and then we end up getting beat against a, a home team like Tottenham. But yeah, yeah and then and then yeah, after the '74 League Cup final, '75 season, that's when I said to you earlier on that we was absolutely distraught. We we. we I couldn't put my finger on the reason why we end up running around Wembley Stadium with the League Cup in '74, and yet we get we get relegated in '75, '76. So it was um it was a strange, strange feeling, and they, and they and they, they they dismissed Bill, and that's when Sammy's coach took over, and Bill went moved on. I think he went up to Newcastle at one time. Yeah, it's quite incredible, really, because again, when you look at the the spending capacity, you you look at the way that the uh, the spend um, was was meted out, and, yeah. and Bill got just such great value, great value for his money, and and just built a brilliant team. And yeah. we're going to be talking now about the uh, the game on the fourteenth of May, nineteen seventy seven, and most of them were still Bill's boys, wasn't that? I mean, in goal, oh, yeah. Gary, Gary Pierce played uh, in goal that day. Can yeah. you remember what your team was, what your lineup was, Kenny? And then we'll no. go through Bolton's. No. No. And, and the, have you got many? You, you must have it all down there, Gary. Yeah, because I, 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 can't, I can't remember who. I, I know Bobby Gold went in goal when um, Pierce got injured. I know Willie played. I know Richie played. Um... On the back might have been uh, Munro and McCall, uh, was it Palmer and, and Parkin? 
Um, I'm going to go for him now. But on, but, but for for football fans, yeah, they seem to think, and I'm not in this school of thought, that a professional football player remembers every game <laughs> that they played in, and there must be really only a scattering or a handful of games that you can remember much about any game, isn't there, Ken? Yeah, well, my wife says I can't remember what I did last week, but and she says he can remember what he did forty bloody years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But only the important stuff. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what I said to her. I said that that was that was my life. That was my, uh, you know, that's my uh, my job. Yeah. Um, She said you know the minute, you know who passed it, you know where where they put the ball in the net. You do that, but what did you do last week? You can't remember. (laughs) No, because it's not important that. (laughs) <laughs> but then, I mean, I was listening to a podcast with Tony Curry uh, some time ago, and uh, they was talking about a game. It, it was Tony's debut for Sheffield United. I yeah. said, "TC, name the team." He said, "I can't name the team." I no. mean, they went through and he named a few, and you think, you know, it, it's a job. At the end of the day, it's a job, yeah. and you play, yeah. and you, when you're playing over five hundred games of football, there's absolutely no way that you can remember all the games and well, all the players that played in there. It's no, impossible. exactly. It's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can remember all the highlights, all yes. the things that happened in yeah. that game. But but yeah. if you want to try and name the team, it's very difficult. I was with Tony in the summer uh, and we sat and had breakfast uh, next morning after we'd, we'd done a charity golf day for the, a big charity up in Norfolk. Yeah. And uh, we sat there and the, and we just sat there talking and talking. And, and of course, he can talk for England. Yeah. But which he did play for England anyway. But um, but no, he couldn't remember half the teams he played for. But yeah. he can remember all the incidents and all the games, all the goals he scored. Yeah. And uh, so when you brought his name up, it just took me back to what he was talking about in in the summer in up in Norfolk. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's true that it's, it's um, he remembers most of the players because you know like Bailey was always captain and uh, the back was always Parksy, um, Palmer, Munro, McCall. Parking, you know, all the, the and mm. Richie up front with Doug and and um, and uh, uh, who else? Andy Gray. Uh, so so the, and Waggy, you know, you 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 got used to it. And then Jim McCallio came around, and then yeah, there was there were some fantastic players, and and they they were great help and great support for me as a as a former player. Um, without them, you know, I wouldn't have been um, the the player that I probably. I wouldn't have played that many games anyway without their help, and uh, they were a great support of me. But um, yeah, they come to, I, I was very fortunate, Gab, that I play with some great players and great lads as well. And the lovely thing that that I find with uh, talking to all great footballers of the seventies and 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 heroes, idols, and icons of of myself is that you're also very very humble. And all of you say that, but you could have walked into almost any team, Kenny. You oh, were yeah. you were as good as absolutely <laughs> oh, anything. Yeah. You're very modest. Very I was modest. a Wolves man. I was a Wolves man, Gab. I was a Wolves. Man. I know through you and were. through, through and through. But Pierce was in goal. Jeff Palmer was uh, right back. Yeah, Derek Parkin was left back. Yeah, Francis Munro uh, wore the number five shirt as he always did. Yeah, Colin Brazier. Maybe. Was it yeah, Colin? Colin played that game. I always been Colin the think, week. Yeah. yeah, I think it was his second game for Wolves. It was one of his early games for uh, Wolves yeah, yeah. Wonders, Colin Brazier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, Steve Daly. Yeah, uh, Kenny Hibbert and Willie yeah. Carr. Yeah. Uh, in in uh, midfield. Midfield. And then there was um, John Richards played. Yeah. Uh, Alan Sunderland. 
and uh, and uh, Goldie was a substitute. There was a, a lad named Pitching. Ma- re- Martin Patchin. Patchin, that's the boy. Martin Patchin. Patchin. He yeah. uh, he wore the uh, yeah he, he wore I think he wore the number ten shirt that day. Patchin. Right. Because I was I was looking at the <laughs> game and when I go onto the internet I can't find it I try and go onto YouTube and then I'll freeze frame and go down the 1 to 11 which I do <laughs> but there isn't any of that there's only one uh, recording on YouTube it's about 8 yeah. minutes and it doesn't give you the full lineup of the teams so All my right. yeah my good friend Charles Ross who used to do the um, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers load of ball fanzine I said, Charlie, you've got yeah. to help me out. Who in a bloody hell played number 10 for Wolverhampton <laughs> Wanderers that day? And yeah, he said, he said, Patchin did. And I'd never heard that boy. Tell me a little bit more about him. What's your memories oh, of him? Oh, Martin had, uh, he, he could play anywhere across the middle of the park. And he also played up front as well. He had long hair, um, big friends of, uh, of John Richards and um, uh, myself and, and all the lads. Yeah, great lad. Yeah. And he's from, he's a northerner. Um, yeah, it was just unlucky that the, the, the team that we had, uh, uh, the squad was really a strong squad. And uh, so he was limited to the games he played. But when he played, he, ne- he never let anybody down. He was a good ball player, worked hard, got up and down. I think he ended up playing for Watford. I think he went to Watford after he, after he left us. But yeah, Martin was a, a real nice guy as well. Um, but as I say, some players couldn't break in because yeah. of the strength of the team we had yeah, and uh, but Martin was a nice lad he, he did really well he was just unlucky that he was competing with some very good players you know um, with Willie and uh, and Stevie Daly um, like he was more of a midfield player rather, you know than a striker yeah. but yeah he was a good lad great squad player uh, and you need a good squad of players you can't just have 11 and then nobody behind you you've got to be pushed and he always were pushing players you know to stay in the side um, so he was competing uh, and, and you, you thought well if I don't play well he's going to he's going to take my place so you, you went out there and, and, and did the best you could to, to keep him out not just him but any player you know yeah. Uh, but the squad was good. The squad run, and Martin was a good lad. And he, and I, I, we, I met him a couple of years ago. He came to a Wolves do, and he had long hair when we first met him. And he still got long hair, and I couldn't recognise him to start with. Um, but yeah, he's still around, and um, yeah, good kid, good lad. And Goldie was the sub because he he come on and went in goal. <clears throat> now yeah. it wasn't the first time that Goldie went in goal because he wasn't bad between the sticks, was he? And he no. was a great character as well, Bobby Gould. I mean, he done the rounds, didn't he? I mean, he he must have been a tremendous player to have in and around the squad to uh, to, to to learn from. Yeah, well, he he came when he came first. Came, he, he he came with us to us twice. Yeah. Uh, when he first came in, yeah, he, he was a he was a busybody, you know. He he put defenders under a lot of pressure when they had the ball, and he he was a nuisance. But I call a player that was, but he knew where the net was. And um, so when he first came, yeah, he, his his enthusiasm was was first class. Um, but then he went, we sold him to West Ham, and he scored a few goals there. Um, but then he came back to us. He came and played with us twice. But he was a he was a, um, a player that 
did it in short spells and then went somewhere else and did it again and then yeah. went somewhere else and it was a bit of a you know it leapt around the the the, the teams but he, when he was with us he, he did a great job and of course I I got to know him very very well and then when I left Wolves in '84 he was at Coventry and he took me there and I I played under him for two years. And he got um, brilliant eyebrows as well, hadn't he, Bobby Gold? Oh, yeah, thick as thick as what you want. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, he kind of was like, he was like, and and just one of the games. I think one of the game's great characters that doesn't get the recognition really that he deserves. Because you know, when we look back at the game and we talk about some of these characters, but Bobby Gold's proper up there with with all of them as being a right character, ain't he? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I, of course he is. I mean, he, he was a character as a manager because yeah. he did so many. He, I mean, he would do a lot of silly things as well. I mean, if you remember, he took Coventry and they started doing ballet dancing <laughs> to try and improve their <laughs> keeping on your toes. So, so yeah, he was, and he was full of that. Uh, and then um, I went and played for him, and uh, he brought me off at half time because I was having a smile with um, with a player. Yeah. Uh, on opposition play and all I was saying was I said you looking bugger I said that was going wide he said, and, and, and the comment back to me made me smile a bit but he yeah. saw me smile and we were losing 1-0 he took me straight off the pitch yeah. so I had to go and see him and um, but that that was Bobby he he, he was yeah he, he got a bit hyped up at times but um, enthusiasm you couldn't falter he, he was full of it and you just know that when a character like Bobby Gould goes in goal, and, and you look at this shirt that he had from uh, Gary Pearce, I mean, yeah. he could have he could have camped in that shirt because goalkeepers are big units, aren't they? Yeah. And then when a, when an outfield player goes in goal, it yeah. like swamps them. I know, but a well, great personality. You knew I've that he wasn't going to scare. No, I've done it. I've done it, Gabby. I went in goals at Tottenham for about 60, 70 minutes. When uh, Paul Bradshaw broke his finger, right, and I kept a clean sheet, it was lovely. Um, but uh, I remember um, Peter Taylor; he broke away from the halfway line and got he got the other side of our back four, and I pretended to run out yeah. towards the ball. And Peter looked, picked his head up, saw me running out. But by the time he's put his head back down to try and chip me, I was running back to my goal. And he tried to chip me, and he dropped it right into my, right into my arms. And I went, hey, you know, I put my fingers, hey, you, you, I said, I'm a midfield player, I read it well. <laughs> and he, he, he walking off at half time, he called me a so and so. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, so I, I got a lovely picture of me thumping out a corner coming at White Hart Lane. I was thumping a, thumping a corner out. Because a little story there from me wanting to go, I, I was always a. a, a when I was at Bradford Park Avenue as a youth team player, we played at Stockport County in a cup replay. We drew 3-3 at Bradford Park Avenue and we had to go to Stockport in the replay. And I was only 16 and um, the goalkeeper didn't turn up. He was a schoolboy keeper and he didn't turn up. So I went and played in goals from the beginning to the end yeah. and uh, we won 3-0. And I was dropping these half volleys out to the winger and, and Stockport offered five grand for me as a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> they'd never seen a goalkeeper they used to throw it up in the air and launch it well I wasn't I was half volleying it out yeah. at wide men all the time and they'd never seen it like that and uh, I came and collected a few eyeballs and uh, um, my goal kicking was was long and so uh, yeah and they, they, I heard afterwards that they offered five grand for me did you, with Terry in the back garden going goal, was, where did the goalkeeping come from? Because I can't well, imagine Terry going in goal, but, but well, clearly you did. 
Well, no. What it happened? What happened, Gab? When we were growing up, um, we used to live in a on a on a street, but in front of the street was um, a play like a, a, a oh, it was an awful playing surface, but it was a playground area for for uh, it was it was awful. So we used to set we made our own pair of goals about twenty yards apart, went and got all the grass sods from up in the upper lane or on the field, cut them all out, put the, all the grass in front of the goal so we could dive and then just bang the ball. We played pot shots sort of thing. You know, I did it, he'd save it and then he did it, I'd save it. And that used to go on for hours and, and weeks and months um, just doing that. And I think that's where it came in. So I was able to, uh, I mean, Teddy was too small anyway at going goal. So I was, uh, but yeah, I, I, I always fancy myself in goal for a reason. I mean, I'm, I want the bravest, but anything, I could read the game quite well, but um, I didn't want to, I want to score goals, mate. And that, that, there's nothing better than scoring goals. But that, that's where it came from, uh, my goalkeeping. Um, we playing with my brother for years and just knocking 20-yard balls at each other. So we were hitting it with left foot and hit it with his right foot. We were saving it. And then I'd put the ball down, I'd smack one at him and he'd save it and so forth. Because I've watched clips of both you and Terry. I yeah. still don't know whether you were left-footed or right-footed, both yeah. <laughs> well, somebody actually rang me uh, not long ago and said, uh, we've just been watching your goals on YouTube. Mm. Um, they said you scored more goals with your left foot than you did your right foot. Yeah. And yet all my penalties and corners and free kicks was taken with my right foot. Yeah. But uh, and I and I said, are you sure? So I went on. My daughter got me on there, and uh, and yeah, I, I couldn't believe how many goals I'd actually scored with the left foot. Mm. But if I were going to take a penalty, Gab, it was always my right was the strongest out of the two. In goal for uh, Bolton Wanderers that day. Yeah. Uh, Seamus McDonough that tried I... his best to get that shot of yours but, but failed uh, John Ritson was uh, was full back Peter Nicholson was uh, left full back yeah they got Big Sam played that yes. day and yeah, Sam hit the bar didn't he and had a correct. yeah and, and had one and, narrowly um, wide as well yeah and Jones I think Jones was another centre back Paul play. Jones was the other centre half now yeah. I do a regular podcast with Terry Curran and yeah. TC says he was some player he says, oh, Gabby, he if it weren't for injuries, he would have been a proper top player, yeah, Paul Jones. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Them two, Allardyce and Jones, were very strong at the back. Solid as rocks. But Jones had a little bit more than Sam. Sam yeah. used to be a big brawling, strong, strong as an ox. Uh, good, strong tackler. But but uh, Jones, he had a little bit more about him. Yeah, two good centre-backs. Roy Greaves uh, in midfield. <laughs> was he related to him? Was he? No, no, no related. I played with Roy in Seattle. When I went in Seattle in '82, Roy Greaves was in Seattle. Oh, was he? Yeah, and he he talked about that game a lot while we were there because Stevie Daly was was over in Seattle as well. Yeah. Uh, and um, so yeah, I play I play with Roy over in uh, over there. Yeah, uh, lovely, lovely lad. Nice midfield player. Nice, nice on the ball. Good pass to the ball. Up and down. Never stopped running. A um, bit like Colin Bell, he was a bit like that, you know, up and down, up and down. But a good, they had a good side. They had a, they had a very good team, Bolton. They did. Willie Morgan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ray Train. Yeah. And the other midfield player, it was the one number I didn't, I couldn't work out who it was. And uh, I went onto Twitter the other day and I said, Hi, Pete. 
Any ideas who played number 10 for Bolton against Wolverhampton Wanderers on the 14th? And he went, it was me, it was myself, lad. <laughs> so, so it was Reedy, Peter yeah, Reed. Peter Reed. Played uh, it. Brilliant. Well, look, I mean, you could see Morgan, uh, Ray yeah. Train uh, and, and uh, Reedy. I mean, it's a great midfield. Yeah. And uh, the two front men, you're going to tell me? Gary Jones. Yeah. And then the fella that had a goal disallowed that I'm I'm guessing if it went to VAR tonight, yeah, I think it would have stood. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I've watched that goal numerous times and the commentator seems to think it was given for offside. Well, well, I thought that's that's the reason. Like, it did give offside, yeah, but yeah. Um, but I, I can't. Again, in the right. olden days, offside was different, Kenny, wasn't it? Yes. You could be playing on the left wing, standing oh, offside, yeah, but standing <laughs> offside, the ball could be on the right wing, and yeah. you put one in the top corner, yeah. and they'll go, you're offside. Absolutely. Which and now you have to be interfering with play. A little story. John McCall didn't score many goals. But he hit this 35-yarder, left foot, straight in the top corner. And I was standing out on the right wing. Yeah. He was he was inside the goalpost, you know that line? Yep. Um, yep. But about 30 yards out. I was, like you've just, like you've just described it, mm. I was standing by myself out on the right wing and the, and the linesman gave me offside. It's and incredible. he had to chalk one of it. I think I think you know he got one goal in his, in his career. I think there, but that one was chalked off because I was standing in an offside position, way out wide, right in front of the linesman. But it's in, yeah. it's incredible, isn't it? That yeah. we used to have that as the offside rule, and and I can only think that off camera, there would there there must have been a Bolton player that was standing in an offside position, not yeah. interfering with with the play. Yeah. And uh, and that's why the goal was chalked off. But yeah. it was a great strike from Neil Watmore, and he was a good player as well. Warney Watmore, he scored a lot oh. of goals at that level. Oh, he was um, he was one of the the better strikers around at that mm. time. And I said, I said, Bolton had a really good team. Mm. There was, uh, I mean, uh, if you look at the uh, individually and collectively, Ian Greaves put a great side together. Yeah, he did. Experience, pace, goal scorers. And Bolton, there. I mean, the fans there. It was a full house there that day. Um, it was just, it was just our day. I think, I think they they tried to, they did try to kick us off the off the park. Um, and as I said earlier on, that we had a, a we had a chat at half time. Said right, if they want to, if they want promotion, they're going to have to earn it. And and we we really set about keeping a clean sheet. And um, and you could see that when Bobby went in goal, they kept throwing them all in, kept throwing these long balls, free kicks, corners, all banging it in there. And, we all got round each other and um, we worked our socks off to keep a clean sheet and, and in the end we did. Um, but I think if they'd, have, if they'd have been calmer in the first half, maybe they, they might have got the result they wanted. Mm. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we were on a bonus um, and that paid me mortgage, so <laughs> we had to get a win. Absolutely. And you beat them at the <laughs> Molyneux as well, 1-0. So in mean, yeah. the two games in the 180 minutes that you played against Bolton, yeah. who were a very, very good team, you're absolutely spot on. They yeah. never they never uh, scored a goal against the, uh, the no. famous Golden Black. No, absolutely. I think we think of the home game, it may, it may have been in the snow. Yeah, it was I in December. Was, yeah, I think yeah. a bit of snow down. I've got a picture of uh, Sam Allardyce, um, bringing me down in the penalty box. Now, I don't know whether we got a penalty for that one or not, but 
I've got a picture of him sliding in on me and there's a bit of snow on the ground there, yeah. He was a bit over-physical, wasn't he, that young lad, Sam? <laughs> uh, well, I kept out of the way of him. It was a side because they had to put up with him not, rather than me. Uh, they had to play with the back to him and because uh, uh, you got a few stood that back of your leg um, on, on many occasions. But uh, being in midfield, you're always facing him so you could step out of the way if you see him coming. Did you? You never wore shin pads, did you, Ken? I? I did. I had one oh, shin you? pad and I cut it in half. Okay. I, and then I put it just down, just about six inches each on the shin bone. It was a, I never used to wear it. You're quite right, Gab, early on. But then the rule came in or something like that, that mm-hmm. um, they, they said, look, you, you need to play the pad. So I, cut, I couldn't wear the full one. I just cut one in half and put a, a little one on each, on each leg, yeah. Are That's you, right. I was watching Steve Perryman. He's, he's got a great podcast as well. And they got Norman Gillier on this week. And yeah. I, I can't remember the player who he was referring to. It might have been Dave Mackay. And he said, even Dave Mackay wore a shin pad that game. Right. And you think it's right. going to kick off here. <laughs> if a player like Dave Mackay is wearing shit, it's like, you know, war has almost been declared. But players, Dennis Mortimer, I've done a yeah. few podcasts with Dennis. Dennis never wore uh, any shin pads through his whole career. And lots of players didn't like to because they actually got in the way a bit, didn't they? And it's yes. them damn tie-ups. And the pads would fall down, so you'd have your tie-ups at the bottom, tie-ups yeah. at your top. And, yeah. and at times you've all just chuck them off. They're just, they're just annoying me. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, you're, no, you're absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's why I didn't wear them in, early in my career. I, I mean, it was silly, really, because tackles in them days was pretty uh, horrendous, some of them. So, you, you know, I, I wasn't even thinking about protecting my legs or the, or the injury. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of... And, and then, then, the, then the, as I say, the pads came in. And then we put tape around the pads. And then when, you, when your muscles got warmed up, they used to expand. And then they start aching. So you take your tape off and you, you throw the, the pad away or the tape away. Uh, and then I started using bandage. Uh, around the top to all the tie, you know, all the sh- uh, the socks up. So there, there was, yeah, they, 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 like you said, they got in the way, and I didn't feel comfortable with them, the full pad. So that's why I wore the small pad. It just gave me a little bit of protection. And Reedy was telling me how instrumental um, Dunn and uh, the great Peter Thompson were in that Bolton team as senior pros, uh, him finding his feet as a, as a younger pro. And it's yeah. just so invaluable. I mean, and, and it was Peter Thompson's last season in the uh, the Football League as well, who had such a glorious career at Liverpool. And in fact, Alan Hudson says to me, he would have been the winger in the World Cup team of 66 if yeah. Alan Hudson would have been a manager, as would yeah. George Eastham as well. He was big fans oh, of Peter Thompson, players. George Eastham. Lovely players. Lovely players. Uh, you mentioned lovely players there. Uh, Peter, I didn't realise that that was Peter's last season, actually. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a great player, great career. Him and Callahan at Liverpool, you know, one on one win, one on the other, uh, was was brilliant. And um, and if Udi, if, if Udi says that, then I, I agree with Udi. Yeah, he played, it says, uh, Peter Thompson, the erstwhile Liverpool favourite, retired following just six appearances in his last season with Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, the experience 
and passing on that knowledge it would absolutely oh, invaluable yeah. to oh, us. so you know when when teams buy these players and some fans think what are they buying him for he ain't got nothing in his engine nobody's yeah. inspiring the kids and he's teaching yeah. he's almost oh. doing the coaching for the coaches yeah. Mickey Walsh was top goal scorer with 26 wow. that season for Blackpool they were a decent team wasn't they Blackpool in those days oh yeah I mean you look back and um, you know they were all all tough games that you had where it didn't matter where you went. I mean, I used to love Blackpool's colours and the tangerine yes. colours. They're lovely. And then, of course, the great history that they've got with Stanley Matthews. Um, Marvellous. Yeah, Blackpool was such a big club in them days, you know. Um, but I, I used to love playing anywhere as long as I was in the first team. And like any other player, uh, we played against some great players. We played against some great teams. We've had those ups and downs. We get injuries. We had broken legs and all sorts of different things. But I think if you ask any player, um, would they change anything? They would say no. They'd still go and do what they did. Um, it was such a, a, a great period. And I was very, very fortunate to, to have been involved in, in the 70s and 80s. Absolutely. The biggest win that season was uh, Southampton's win at Carlisle, 6-0. But I'm looking down here and <laughs> I've, seen a, I've seen a 6-1 against yes. Hereford away. So yes. you were very close to uh, achieving that as well yourselves. Yeah, yeah. well, we all, we, I, if I'm not, if I'm... If I'm right, we we beat Hereford six one away. Yeah, you did. And I think on the Tuesday we played Southampton at home and they beat us six. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Because they they had six shots and scored six goals. Yeah. I think Jim McCallion played for them. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, and yeah. that was that was a country shot. That was. I mean, we were involved in what fourteen goals in two games, something yeah. like that. It was amazing. But that's how the second division was in them days. You give Oldham um, five as well a couple of weeks previous to that. That's right, yeah. Oh, yeah, we 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 hammered a few we hammered a few teams. Bristol Rovers as well away five one five one Fulham yeah. five one at home. Yeah, quite That's a right. few we... fours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had we had such a bloody good side, mate. Yeah. We had such a good side. I mean, we we were so strong and. It was. It was um, my missus said, can't, "Can't we stay in the second division? You got more bonus money." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "No, there's only one league to play in, love, and that's the first division." But there's still fans that believe that, don't they? Why can't we stay in the championship instead yeah. of going the Premier League? Because we win more games. But <laughs> as a player, the only I remember Roy Keane when Sunderland won the uh, the championship, and we having a open top. No, we're not. Because the only league worth winning is the top league. And, yeah. and, and I think that when you get into that mode of celebrating, you know, and it's great to win the, the, the second division, etc. But you're right, Kenny, it's plying your trade at the top table. And that's, yeah. that's what makes and, and defines your career as, as a football player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, back in the day, yeah, there was... you. The team, the first teams you were playing against every every other week or every week, you could read them off. You knew you were playing against. You knew what kind of team they were. You knew what kind of players they were. You knew the hard men that you were playing against. Uh, you knew the goal scorers. Um, it was so, because the teams used to play week in week out. There was there was not a squad much bigger than a twenty a twenty squad maybe at, at most clubs. So you know your first team or your first team squad. They would be in and out, in and out, or, or in the in the side on a regular basis. So you got to know who you were playing against every week, 
uh, you know, Liverpool in the mid seventies when they won the league and the the European Cup, they, they I think they used fifteen players uh, throughout the season, and most of them played sixty or seventy matches. Yeah. You know, on the conditions that we played on. So that, that's when we got to know every every team knew who you were playing. Every player knew who they were playing against every week because they were in the side every week. Yeah, they never they never changed the team much at all. Mm. Only, only through an injury or or somebody were maybe having a different. A different uh, time, an indifferent time, I should say. But uh, yeah, um, it, it was it was it was amazing. It was just I don't know. I, I feel so lucky and so privileged to have played in that era and um, and being able to run out at Molyneux with 30, 40, 55,000 sometimes. There, it was it was amazing. Uh, having been at Bradford, having fifteen hundred to two thousand people watching most weeks. Uh, you were playing at Old Trafford and uh, Goodison Park, um, Ellen Road. You were playing at all the big clubs that you that you always dreamed of of playing. Villa Park, um, you know, all all all. The, it was just amazing, amazing period for everybody. And uh, we had a lot, a lot of success, and we had a lot of uh, great times. And and like you, I'm here now talking to you about something that happened 30 years ago, um, maybe longer, uh, but it's still in your mind that it, it feels like it will last month, you know, um, when, the, when the lads get together, you know, it's, it's great. The, the, the team spirit is still there. And, and we are like, we're all in nearly seventies now. And, um, but we, we still have great, great memories and people like yourself, Gabby, that, that brings it back. Uh, it's lovely for me to sit here and, and, and talk about the, the great times we had. And, um, uh, as long as I can keep talking and, and enjoying that, then, uh, that'd be great. Absolutely, because I used to just sit there and watch Match of the Day and Star Soccer and go down St Andrews with my dad and watch you heroes ply your trade and often beat my team, Birmingham City, because we, <laughs> we usually ended up in a relegation battle after 42 league games. <laughs> Chelsea were the only side that season to have an unbeaten home record. Yeah. So well done, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, Bolton Wanderers obviously finished fourth. And I believe the last game of the season, because they'd still got one to play, hadn't they? They did. Yes, they did. And um, they either, I think it was Bristol Rovers. They either got beat or they drew. But the uh, the, the wheels had definitely fallen off that wagon. Um, Blackpool were fifth. Luton Town, six. Charlton, oh. Notts County, Southampton. Millwall, Sheffield United. Blackburn right. Rovers. Uh, Oldham, Hull, Bristol Rovers. Burnley, Fulham, Cardiff, Orient, Carlisle, who courted the first division a couple of yeah. seasons ago, uh, yeah. Plymouth Argyle and Hereford finished yeah. bottom of the pile and they had a decent goal scorer in Dixie McNeil as well oh, during those times, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, I mean, some of them teams now have never really recovered, no. have they? Um, I mean, Oldham no. was in the in the Premier League when the first yeah. early on, I think, and they've just disappeared big time. Uh, Hereford, yeah, great. I mean, that was a slope and pitch and half. I mean, I remember my brother Terry playing for Newcastle there when they turned them over in the cup. Yeah. Um, so it was always, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like it. It's a lovely little club. Hereford was, um, and they still are. They, I mean, they're out of the league now, but they they're trying to get back. But yeah, it was a lovely, it was lovely. Carlisle United, they were top of the league in the first division once after three games. Yeah. We got relegated. So they've all had a little taste of the first division. Um, I can't see it ever happening uh, again. 
seeing these, you know, the the the, the smaller clubs getting into the Premier League, I I, I can't see it. The it's it's so uh, um, so much money involved in the game now that the smaller clubs are going to be struggling ever to make the first division. Oh well, the Premier League now, as you say. So that that's a sad note, really. But uh, it is what it is, and we have to get on with it. Yeah, football has changed so much through the years, and it's going to change even more so as we go forward because it's money that really has changed the yeah, landscape, yeah. hasn't it? You, oh, yeah. You're right. Those teams now have got absolutely no chance. No, no. But before I let you go, Kenny, 1972, yeah. what was the feeling like going into that game against Leeds last game oh. of the season when they were up for the double? Because well, you've you know got what? nothing to play for, really, had you? Well, we had because <laughs> because we'd been there. Something was going on behind the scenes about uh, the bribery. Yes. Um, and so we had to we had to go out and try and win the game. We, we would have done anyway, but but yeah. it was more important that um, Bill McGarry called a meeting that morning before before the game. Um, I think it was unfair that the FA made Leeds play. Cup final on Saturday and play us on the Monday. Yeah, having played, having played in cup finals, uh, it took me three or four days to recover. Uh, having played in that on that turf and and the and the build up and everything goes with it, and that's what Leeds were, and um, and they made them play against us on the Monday. But there was a few uh, a few noises going around. I mean, it didn't include me. I was too young. John Richards was too young. If uh, anything was going on, we didn't know anything about it. We just heard about it, and mm. Bill McGarry had heard a little. He said, "Now we've got to go out and win this game," uh, and and I felt a little bit sorry for Leeds in a way because I have a, a soft spot for them with with Teddy playing for Leeds, you know. Yeah. Um, but my job was to go out there and, and win the game, and um, so we had to go out and and and, it, and I felt for him a little bit. But it was a fantastic night for us. Uh, it was fifty thousand in there plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were on the, the pylons and all over. The, oh, it was amazing. And and of course, as you said, we. We managed to get a two-one win, and um, it stopped them from winning the double. Um, but uh, we had, we had nothing on it. We but we we had to win it. We had to do something because if I do, had we lost two nil, three nil, there may have been questions asked about something that um, that were, it wasn't true. I don't think it was true, but mm. it was it was out there. And uh, and so being a young lad, I just went out to try and win a football game like 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 I did every week. But it it was an atmosphere and half when you ran out onto the pit. Oh, it was it's quite amazing. Um, but Molyneux was like that. It was a bit of a fortress in them days, and no team liked coming to Molyneux. But it was sad that that they had to play that game on that night uh, so soon after the cup final, which 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 they won. But um, we didn't, you know, it wasn't our problem. That was their problem, and we just went out and won the game. And it was uh, it was something I'll never forget. And you're right, there was, there's always been certain undercurrents, shall we say, about Leeds United and, and some of the goings-on uh, that, that surrounded Leeds United. Um, but I think we all also have to say that that Leeds United team was one of the greatest football teams that we've ever seen in the history Absolutely. of English can, football, don't we? Absolutely. I can reel the team off yeah. now. Sprite, Rene Cooper, Bremner, Charlton, and Solomon, Jones, Giles, Clark, and Gray. Absolutely. That's how they were because yeah. I knew them very well. I knew most of them through through my brother Terry, and yeah. and there was an amazing team, absolutely amazing players. Um, yeah, 
So there we go. Paul Fletcher. But they weren't good, they weren't good enough to beat us on that night. No, that absolutely. <laughs> Paul Fletcher, and I love the line that, that Paul uh, gave me. He said, Don Reeve, had assembled a team of assassins. Yeah, did. <laughs> but you would like any of those in your team. Yes, that's how good they were. But you also were fantastic, Kenny. Not just yeah, you, but the old you. team that the wore team. the golden yeah. black. And that can I thank you so much for your time, sir? Oh, Again, you're very it's welcome. been an absolute joy, Kenny. Taking a a nice trip down memory lane yeah. and remembering the wonderful game that took place on the 14th of May, 1977. And I did say to Terry Curran on the yeah. last podcast, do you know what? You were so lucky to get promoted. <laughs> <laughs> you really were, TC. And when you look, when you look at that goal, and it did change, possibly not the fortunes of Wolverhampton Wanderers, yeah. but it definitely changed the fortunes, whatever Brian Howard Clough would say. And yes, of course, it is a game of 42 uh, games and it is a football season. But it is down to fine margins. And had that goal not gone in or Bolton had have got what they wanted to get, Nottingham Forest would not have got promoted. Therefore, they couldn't have won the Football League Championship, the European Cup, and then defended it. So it it just shows you how the fine margins in football Absolutely. Can change the landscape and the direction of travel for teams. Absolutely. I had I had a guy get in touch with me thanking me for the effort that we put in against Bolton mm-hmm. to enable Nottingham Forest to step up and um, become the champions and uh, European champions. Mm-hmm. So he said, I'd like to thank you and I'd like to thank the Wolves team for, for that because it made us uh, one of the world uh, top teams and uh, well in the European championships in the European um, field but uh, yeah and I, and I said look um, it was our job it was our job to win uh, we didn't we weren't thinking about Nottingham Forest we weren't thinking about any other team we were just thinking about winning that football game and that's what we did and he was he was quite nice he was a nice chap um, but yeah that was a, a big a big day for for Forest um, and they went to Spain like you said um and uh, so, yeah, history, lovely. Where did I could you talk go? to you all night, mate. Absolutely, <laughs> Kenneth. Where did you guys go to after that Bolton game? We know where Forrest went, but did you have a, a, a end of season tour? Did no. Wolverhampton Wanderers do that in those days? No, we we had pre season tours where yeah. you're getting ready to Sweden and places like that, yeah. but I can't ever remember um, going away and celebrating um, abroad anywhere. We, I think the furthest we went, we were then. I think we went that were then. I think. Oh, no. But no, no, we never. Uh, well, I, I just, I can't remember anywhere. Anyways, I, I just, no, we never did that. I can't remember that. It's a shame Oddie didn't play in your team then, because when he went back to Stoke and he kept them up, he took all the boys to Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were crying at the airport when they had to go home. <laughs> oh, Woody lo- loved the old tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. We did. I just say we did. We did. Um, we did America, New Zealand, and Australia ones. Yeah. Uh, but that was, uh, you know, a, a build up to getting ready for the the season ahead. But uh, yeah, that was that was. We lived out of our suitcases. I was only a kid. I mean, I'd never been to Australia, New Zealand, or America at that, that time, and. It was that that was a fantastic trip. 
Um, we was playing uh, Aberdeen um, on two or three times. Um, Frank Monroe had actually come from Aberdeen, and we ended up in the bar after a drink, and the fights took off, you know. So, <laughs> me and Paul Walker, they used to play. We should run, got got in the lift and went straight to our rooms out at Wave it all. But it it, it, it didn't. It wasn't. It, it was only a, a couple of scuffles. That was all. But um, yeah, it, it was just. It was just great period, uh, Gab. It was it was a lovely. We had some great lads at Wolves. Um, you know, we followed on from the 60s, 50s and 60s with Billy Wright and Peter Broadbent and all them players. You know, I used to admire them. Um, Jimmy Mullen, I used to go around to his sports shop on a Friday before a home game asking for some tips. How do I prepare? How do I this? And he was very influential on on uh, preparing me for games. So, you know, I look back at the 50s and 60s in Wolves, uh, uh, superb in them days and uh, we would try to emulate that and, and we had quite a bit of success but um it, Wolves was a, a, a wonderful a wonderful club and they were great for me um so I have to thank them all for that and all the players I played with that that supported me in them days it was it was amazing and there's quite a connection with Aberdeen and Wolves in America, isn't there? Because the, yeah. the, the first tournament the, um, that, that ever won, if you like, the old, the first soccer bowl that, that you yeah. played in in there, 82, in 1968, Washington Whips, which was Aberdeen, played against the Los Angeles Wolves, which was Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I, I think it went to 6-5 in overtime. Right. And it still talks about it's one of the greatest games that America has yeah. ever seen. And yeah. uh, I guess, you know, you were still fighting about <laughs> It several years after in a bar. <laughs> well, I I missed that trip because I didn't come until '68, so That's I missed right, that yeah. first trip to America. But I went I went on the second trip to America. Yeah, but that, oh, absolutely, yeah, a wonderful, wonderful history. Brilliant, Ken. Can I thank you for your time, sir? Anytime. And, uh, thank you, and thanks for listening, guys. It's been a wonderful trip down memory. Oh, Kenny, was there any records of that uh, year that that uh, evoke special memories? Finally. Um. I bat out of Alcum a bit later with Andy coming out and getting uh, pulled over by the police. Oh, I know. Did you know? Did you remember that? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> told, told me that before, about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Coming out, coming out of the race course. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I used to love Led Zeppelin and Steppenwolf. Um, all, all the, all the heavy rock and yeah. heavy bands. I used to love all that. Yeah, I used to have it in the car a lot, um, but not, not one in particular. But um, you know, when I met Robert Plant, was 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 quite amazing. You know, with, with the, the high profile he'd got with with um, uh, with all these top top singers and performers that that you only I only saw on television or heard on records. Um, with Led Zeppelin was amazing, and so when I met when I met him, it was it was lovely. And of course, he did the foreword from a book, which was uh, which was very nice of him. But not not one in particular, mate. But but uh, great times then, yeah. And all rock stars wanted to be footballers, and all footballers were rock stars in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had hair down to the shoulders. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Kenny. Thanks, pal. Cheers, Gab. All Cheers, the best. Cheers, Speak soon. Cheers, Cheers Ken. Yeah. Bye. Yeah.